Life Audio. Hey there, friend. Heather Creekmore here. I'm so glad you're listening to the Compared to Who show today. This is our first week as officially part of Life Audio, and I am super excited about that. I've been podcasting for four years now. We've got more than 300,000 downloads, and I am so grateful for all of you who have been listening and for all of my new friends that'll start listening now that we're part of the Life Audio group. Today, I'm going to just kind of reintroduce myself. Think about it like the Friday introductions on Instagram. I'm going to tell you everything that has been going on at Compared to Who, what my heart is for women who struggle with body image and comparison issues, and where we're going from here. So I'm glad you're here. We'll get right to it after a short word from our sponsor. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel His love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone. You've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Welcome again to the Compared to Show. I'm glad you're listening today. As I'm preparing to record this, a text message just came through and it kind of captures my story (laughs) in a text message. It says, burn fat 556% more than exercise and 611%. These are very precise percentages, more than any diet with this plan. Uncover its identity. And all I have to do is press on this scary looking link from an anonymous texter. And I can find out the secret to all of my body woe. Oh, friends. I probably would have pressed on that scary link and taken the risk of being spammed for the rest of my life or being hacked just to know what that secret was, because that's how desperate I was to change my body. Any gimmick like that that came by, I was curious about, even though intellectually, I could argue with myself that it probably wasn't going to work or it was too good to be true. And you know what they say about things that are too good to be true. They probably aren't true. There's no such thing as a free lunch, all those cliches. Oh, but friends, my body image struggle was such a significant part of my life that any little carrot on a stick like that, any possibility that something could work, that something could change my body, and I could find a place where forever and ever, I would never have to worry about my body, my size, my shape, my weight again. It was worth it to chase it. And that's where I was for decades, friends. And I share that with you because I think a lot of you can relate. For many of the women I have worked with over the years, friends of mine, my own story, there's a lot of similarities. In fact, it's kind of been eerie over the years to have women share their stories with me because I'm like, oh my goodness, that's my story too. Like we have so much in common. You see, I started believing a lie that my legs were too big in elementary school 
that's how far back this story goes for me. And through elementary school, (laughs) I was always comparing the size of my body, the size of my legs to the size of the bodies of the little girls around me. By the time I got to middle school, I was dieting. Now, my mom was a really good dieter, so I became a good dieter too. By the time I got to high school, I was doing a diet called See How Long You Can Go Without Eating. And I would try to fast all day long. And I was a busy high school student, so doing activities, you know, sometimes even athletic activities, trying not to eat, and then coming home and eating everything in sight because I was ravenously hungry, because that's how our bodies work. And then feeling guilty like I had done something wrong because I ate. Now I know that I had an eating disorder. In fact, when I got to college, I actually lost my period for nine months, which is a sign of an eating disorder. But back then, this was the 1990s, we only had two categories for eating disorders. We had anorexia and we had bulimia. Well, I couldn't purge, although I did try. And I wasn't underweight, so I didn't qualify for anorexia at the time. And some of that has changed too now. Science is completely changing around eating disorders. But back then, I had what I believed was just a normal girl problem. I thought because I was born female, I was going to struggle with my size, my weight, the way I looked for the rest of my life unless I did something to fix it. And fixing it was this elusive dream, right? It was like, oh, there's just got to be something I could do. And then I would end up looking like a magazine cover. If I could just get my food right or get my exercise right or get my skincare right or get my hair care right. Like if I could just get all of those things to come together in some perfect way, then I would be free. And friends, what you need to know is I was a Christian. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I went to church. I grew up in church and Christian schools. I even went to Christian college and a Christian graduate school. I knew scripture. I knew I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew that God looked at my heart, not my gene size. And yet none of that seemed to matter. I was obsessed with changing my body. There was a little box on my bathroom floor. You might call it a scale, but it gave me a readout of my value and worth every single time I stepped on it. And if that number was good, then I felt good. And I wondered if I could feel even better if I made that number quote unquote better. But when that number was bad, oh, did I feel bad. I felt worthless. I felt shame. I felt guilt. And I would resolve to engage in all kinds of what I recognize now as unhealthy behaviors to try to make that number tell me something different about myself. Friends, I knew that I was supposed to find my identity in Christ. And yet, I often found my identity in my diet plan I was following, the exercise I was doing, or what that little box on the bathroom floor told me about myself. I was consumed. I read a quote years later, and it said, what you think about in your solitude is your religion. And friend, even though I said that I was a Christian, I followed Jesus, that was my religion, I had a second religion. (laughs) And, And quite honestly, I think I believed that I needed Jesus to get into heaven, like that was my salvation for later. But my salvation for now was fixing my body so that I could feel joy, peace, and rest. I had no idea that I was serving what I would call now an idol, 
that I was worshiping this idol of body image, believing that I could manipulate my body in such a way where I would feel and experience all of those things like rest, joy, peace that Jesus promised me. I thought changing my body would give that to me here. And yeah, what Jesus offered that was good for later. But I missed the point of the gospel. I missed the point of scripture. And I was obsessed with something that was never, ever, ever going to bring me fulfillment. Idols never give us what they promise. In fact, that's kind of how it looked with my body image struggle. I did lose some weight. I actually became a fitness instructor, believing that that would change the way I felt about myself, that if I could be standing in front of a class teaching kickboxing or spin, then surely I would feel like my body was good enough because I had proven my athletic prowess and, and you know, would have to be a certain size to do those things. And it didn't work. That idol just kept saying, you're almost there. Okay, good. Good job meeting this goal. Now, if you could just get this right about your body. Now, if you could just work a little harder on this and it was never enough. There was never a size, a shape, a look that I was able to achieve where I could rest. There was never a time when I felt like, okay, my body's good enough now. Yeah, okay, there might have been little spurts where I was proud of a body accomplishment. But even then, even when we experience that rush of, okay, I feel like I kind of look good today. Oh, it doesn't last, does it? I've had so many clients that have lost weight and felt that. But then what happens? Well, a couple weeks, couple months later, the compliments stop coming. People start to get used to you looking like that. And as those compliments stop coming, it actually becomes more difficult because you start to wonder, uh-oh, have they changed the way they think about me? What, what do they think about me now? And it actually makes the identity or the complex or the, the issues surrounding why you wanted to lose weight in the first place to feel more confident it actually undermines all of that. It's a fantastic phenomenon. It's actually been scientifically studied that women who experience great weight loss actually have more body image issues after their weight loss than they did before. Friends, God didn't leave me there. And that's why I have this ministry. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I write books. That's why I do coaching. Because if you are stuck, if any of this sounds like part of your story, there is great hope for you. And I'm going to tell you more about that great hope right after this break. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. 
Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. So, for me, friend, that great hope, and I already gave it away a little bit, was the discovery of that body image idol. Like I said, I grew up in church. I thought idols were statues that people bowed down to. I had no idea that my body image or my food plan or my exercise rituals, I had no idea that all of that could be tied up into a package that had become an idol for me. And that was life changing for my journey. I mean, before that, that constant thought pattern, the obsession, the just the never ending thoughts. Some of you know what I mean. That spiral that was going on in my head was always about how do I change my body? How do I look better? What do I need to do to change my body? How should I be eating? Should I change the way I'm eating? Oh, this person's eating this way. Should I start eating that way? Oh, this person's doing this workout. My workout doesn't seem to be working that way anymore. Maybe I should just work. And it was this, oh, this chatter <laughs> that would drive anyone crazy if they heard it out loud. But I couldn't stop it. And I was frustrated. In fact, I really believed, friends, that all that chatter would stop when I got married. I thought maybe I was just obsessed with the way I looked because I wasn't married. And that if I got married, then I would know that a man approved of me and then I would be able to stop obsessing. And it didn't work that way at all. In fact, I would say after I got married, it got worse. (laughs) The same is true for getting pregnant. I kind of thought once I became a mom, then I wouldn't really have to worry about this stuff anymore. Like maybe I would go into a different category where I no longer had to try to be like look a certain way, try to be quote unquote hot to attract a man. Now I had a man, I was married and I was a mom and moms looked a different way. But oh, my friend, if you're a mom, you get it. (laughs) It doesn't end when you have kids. And in fact, it wasn't until I had my fourth kid in just over four years. I had no twins. I had four in, in just over four years when God interrupted me. And he told me, Heather, you have made this an idol. My husband was listening to teaching by a, a great pastor named Tim Keller. And he was talking about modern day idolatry. And that's when I heard the Holy Spirit, not audibly, but I heard him kind of whisper in my ear, Heather, you've made this an idol. And that was a turning point because I finally had a solution for my body image issues that didn't require me to try to reach an elusive number on the scale or reach an elusive fitness goal, right? The solution was I had to see that my life had been dedicated with my mouth. I would have said I was dedicated to Jesus, but with my actions and my time and my thoughts, I was dedicated to body change. (laughs) That's really it. It's kind of embarrassing to admit. I don't know that anyone would have said that about me. It was mostly internal, just the things I thought about, the things I struggled with on the inside. It came out in different areas. It came out in my marriage. It came out in my parenting, but it wasn't obvious to everyone. 
but I knew that was my problem. And so once I realized that I didn't just have a normal girl problem, that this wasn't some sort of bondage that I was going to have to be in for the rest of my life because I was female and because this is what every single woman on the planet worries about, that I'm just going to have to worry about it too. And my life as a woman is always about obsessing over food and talking about what I ate or what I didn't eat and trying to exercise more, trying to change my body, trying to look more like a magazine cover. All of those things were vain pursuits. And by vain, I don't mean like self-obsession. I don't mean like vanity, like, oh, just look at me so pretty. By vain, I mean fleeting. I mean, I was investing in something that wouldn't last. And let me tell you, friends, so I've been doing this for almost 10 years now, and I am a lot closer to menopause (laughs) than I was when I started this. And the reality that these are vain pursuits becomes more glaringly obvious as we age, because there are certain things that I was able to control in my 30s and even into my 40s that now that I'm getting closer to 50 are out of my control completely. And they're vain pursuits because they don't last, right? And scripture tells us that about our bodies. It's not like an upper, but we're wasting away, right? Like our beauty fades, that external beauty that is. So if we invest our whole lives, if we invest decades into physically trying to get our bodies the way we want them to look, then you never reach a place where you can just stay there. Like, okay, now I look how I want to look. I can just sit on the couch and be normal, right? Like, No, it doesn't work that way, right? And so the body image idol promises us rest, but that rest is elusive because you can never actually rest. I mean, think about a diet plan that maybe you've been on. Like the best you can hope for is to go on maintenance, right? Because if you like completely abandon that plan and just go back to eating quote unquote normally, what will happen? You're going to gain all the weight back, right? And, and so there's, there's no freedom on the other side of a diet plan, even though I believe that the number one reason why women go on diets is to find rest. You might need to rewind and listen to that line again. But I think we want to find rest on the other side of a diet, on the other side of a makeover. We long to be at a place where we don't have to obsess over our bodies anymore. We crave that kind of freedom. Friend, that's the kind of freedom I craved. But let me tell you my testimony. It did not come from changing my body. It came from changing the way I thought about my body, changing what I believed about my value and worth, and confessing that I had made my body image an idol. Those were the three big things that had to change for me. And actually, I put those in reverse order because the confession came first. Seeing that idol, confessing that idol, that was the most pivotal part of my body image freedom journey. Because before that, I think I had tried to maybe use the Bible as a self-esteem manual, right? Like Psalm 139, 14, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I kind of try to chant that to myself. And it was kind of more in a, if you're older, you might appreciate this reference, like an old Saturday Night Live sketch where um, I think his name was Adam Smalley or something Smalley used to... Stuart Smalley. That's what it was. Stuart Smalley. He used to sit and stare at himself in the mirror and say, you're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. And like that was his self-esteem like pep talk. 
And I used to do the same thing with scripture. Like, God loves you. You're God's princess. Like trying to pet myself up so I could feel better about my body and get over some of these things that were plaguing me. But it never worked until I recognized that idol and until I recognized that, oh, I hate to say this, but I was serving that idol instead of serving Jesus. I wanted to be like this world. I wanted to be accepted in the ways that people in this world are accepted. And I could convince you that I wanted that for Jesus, right? Like if I was more physically attractive, then maybe people would want to get to know me better and then I could tell them about Jesus. Like I could totally Christianize it. But that wasn't my real motive. My real motive was I wanted to feel And some of these words might resonate with you. Some of them may not. But I wanted to feel safe, like safe from the scorn of other people, safe from criticism of other people. I wanted to feel safe that everyone would like me. I wanted to feel secure that I could walk into a room and people would want to be my friend. I wanted to feel safe and secure in my marriage that my husband would always love me as long as I looked a certain way. But what I've realized over the years is that having a certain look cannot promise us safety and security. And in fact, it's an ironic thing and a sad thing. But you know, we check out of Target or Walmart and we look at those magazines and we see those images of women. And I think our thoughts are like, oh, if I just look like her, then dot, dot, dot. If I could just have that body or that body part, then dot, dot, dot. But the truth is we fail to read the headlines around that woman right? Those headlines that say, why she almost ended it all. What happened when he cheated on her, her battle with this addiction, her battle with depression, right? The women who look like the idol promises us will be freedom. The, the women who have that look that we believe in our minds, if we could just look like that, we'd be free. They're not free either. In fact, supermodels, models of all kinds, struggle with body image issues, probably at a higher percentage than the rest of the general population. Now, let me tell you, the percentage is high for the rest of the general population, right? It's like 95% of women struggle with body image issues. But I bet you I could say 99.9% of models struggle with body image issues too. What you focus on is what you tend to become obsessed with. And friends, that's why this ministry, right? I want to help you take your focus off of your body, your size, your shape, your weight, all those things that the world tells us to obsess over. And I want you to turn your focus back to Jesus. And that is the freedom. That is where you find rest and peace. And it's a truly beautiful thing. So over the last several years, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of women through my coaching groups, through individual one-on-one coaching with women where we're able to just dig in personally to what they're going through. And then we also had a couple mini courses offered over the years where we've been able to work with women in larger groups and take them on a journey to begin to find body image freedom. 
It has been a huge blessing to me to just walk hand in hand. I mean, virtually, of course, but hand in hand with women who are struggling because friends, the truth is like, this isn't a diet plan. When I coach someone, I'm very clear in the reality that I can't promise you that in six weeks, you're never going to think about your weight again. That's just not reality. This is an area of struggle that you are going to be tempted to struggle in for the rest of your life. But my goal in working with you is to find out where you are stuck what are the roots of your issue and what are the entanglements that are keeping you stuck? What are you believing that's not true? Where did these beliefs come from? Why do you think like this? And and kind of digging back into where, why, how it all started gives us this amazing ability to kind of separate like, oh, I believe that because that's what mom always told me. And, and you're able now to kind of process and say, oh, wait, is that true? That's what mom believed, but is that true? And just kind of untangling the, the web in our heads to sort the truth that came from, you know, influential factors in our lives from the truth of scripture is an amazing exercise to help women get started on the journey to freedom. But then what I do is I give you practical tools. Okay, here's how we do it. Because the truth is, you're going to have to try on a bathing suit in a couple months, and you're going to be tempted (laughs) to go right back to those old ways of thinking and those old ways of behaving. So here are some resources. Here are some tools. Here's what to do when that happens. And guess what? There's a ton of grace right? Because this journey is not linear. It's messy. We're going to take six steps forward, and then we're going to take 42 steps back before we can take 50 steps ahead. It's messy, but that's what real life is. And it's so different than the picture that the diet industry or diet culture, as I would call it, gives us, right? Diet culture tells us that there is such a thing as a before and an after, right? They show us the before picture and the after picture. It's like, it's a clear vision of hell and heaven before, oh, hell, pain, after heaven, freedom, rest. But that's not actually what true life is, right? You don't get that rest here. The even an after picture doesn't promise you that rest, And so we talk about the hard truth that we are going to continue to struggle, but there are ways to struggle from a place of freedom instead of a place of bondage. There are ways to fight that temptation as a free person who who knows she's struggling versus a woman who is completely imprisoned in the world of body image and shame frustration. So that's what I do through coaching. Also, I love that you're listening to this podcast. I hope you'll join us on Facebook. We're trying to start more of a community there. I think it's called Body Image Help for Christian Women. I'll put the link to that page in the show notes. But join us there so you can kind of be part of the conversation, so you can connect to other women who are on this journey. I'd love for you to do that. Also, I've written several resources. I've written a couple books. My first book is called Compared to Who? And that actually is the story of God leading me from body image, I'm going to say bondage, to body image freedom. And I tell you all the nitty gritty, uh, not so pretty parts 
of my story in that book. And I've had so many women reach out to me and be like, I'm so glad you shared that this honestly, (laughs) because I thought I was the only person who did that. I thought I was the only person who thought like that. I thought this issue was just me in my head. And I was the only person with some of these silly thoughts. And I read your book and I'm like, oh, wow, I am not alone. And so if if that's you, read my book because you might decide you're not alone. We might have a lot more in common than you know. Once you read my book, you might see that. I've also written another book. Um, it's called The Burden of Better. And it should have been named A Comparison-Free Life. But it's called The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. And that's really a book on comparison in general. If you compare not just your body, but if you're always comparing your marriage, your parenting, your home, your job, all the things, if you just feel caught up in comparison, this is a deep dive into what's actually going on. I'm a bit of a researcher, so I like to kind of dig in. Okay, what's going on? Why are we comparing so much? And then also, what is the Bible solution for comparison? And I think you might be surprised by that, right? Because growing up in church, I heard a lot like, just don't compare yourself. Like, oh, just, you know, remember, not compare yourself. Like God has you in a different lane. And, and and some of that is where I started in my journey too. Like that's what I wrote in Compared to Who. But as I dug into it more, I think the answer to comparison is grace. Really digging into grace. Most of the women I work with do not have an understanding of grace. Most women with body image issues struggle to accept grace because we cannot give grace to ourselves. We cannot give grace to our bodies for them to be human, for them to change change. Like some of us don't even give grace for our bodies to like for our stomachs to expand after we eat a meal. Like it's not supposed to do that. But wait, that is how our God designed our body. So we have a hard time understanding this concept of grace and also a hard time maybe wrestling with this reality that God put us in this body on purpose for a purpose, that God's not shocked at what you look like. God's not like, oh man, if only she could get her life together and look different, then I could use her. No, God puts you in your body that he knit together. Knitting's a very specific hobby. Knitting's not like paste crafts where you paste two pieces of paper together. No, knitting's very specific. He knits you together in your mother's womb on purpose for a purpose. He has a plan for you and that plan has to be carried out for you in your body and that is grace. And that's what that book is all about. It's a great book. I actually like it a whole lot better than my first book. <laughs> but um, but so check those books out. I also have a body image workbook coming out in November. It is 40 days worth of work. Oh, I, I love the way this is coming together. There's there's things to read every day, like a devotional every day kind of thing on a specific topic. And then there's actual exercises to do. It's going to be a fantastic resource. So coming out this, this November and then next April, April of 24, I have a devotional on aging coming out. Uh, I also have some free resources for you on version. I have a Compared to Who 10-day Bible reading plan you can check out. There's also a comparison-free Christmas reading plan that you can check out around the holidays. Um, And then I have another one coming out soon called The Comparison Free Life. Um, Another, I think it's a, I think it's a seven day plan, uh, reading plan on comparison. So I hope you will check those out as well. But friend, I'm glad you're here. I hope you've gotten a little taste of what Compared to Who is all about. I like to say that this ministry is a little different because my goal is not necessarily to help you 
do things like a lot of other worldly influences want you to do in order to quote unquote, be free from body image issues. I do not believe that building your self esteem will ever free you from body image issues. And in fact, most secular psychologists agree with that now too. That's why we have a rise of narcissism because self esteem hasn't done what self esteem was supposed to do. And I, I talk all about that in compared to who, but, but I don't want to build your self esteem. So you feel good about yourself. I want to build your Christ esteem so you know that no matter what is happening in your life personally, no matter what you weigh, no matter what you look like, no matter what your circumstances are, that you can still know you are valuable, you are seen, you are heard, you are worthy because of Jesus, not because of you or how you look or anything you've done right? Likewise, I don't promote self-love. Now, I do think there love has many different semantical definitions, right? So if by love, you mean taking care of yourself, okay, yes, sure, that's fine. But I think self-love has become this message from culture that makes us, again, more self-focused, more inwardly focused, more navel-gazing. And that's not where the freedom is, my friend. The freedom, like Dr. Tim Keller says, is in self-forgetfulness. Now, I didn't say self-neglect. I said self-forgetfulness. And it's a completely different journey and a completely different kind of freedom. Friend, we're going to be talking about this on the show twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. They put out new episodes. I hope you'll keep listening. If you want to go back, there are more than 300 podcast episodes for you to listen to. You can actually do through the month of January, this just last month, I did a Pray Every Day series. So if you want to just get in the habit of praying every single day for your body image issues, you can just start at January. I think it was January 2nd we started and go through the month and pray every single day. They're short episodes, like 10 minutes. Pray every day for something specific around your body image issues. It's a great way to kickstart your journey if you are just kind of starting to figure out, oh, I've got a body image problem. This is something that maybe Jesus wants to help me take care of. <laughs> Start there. Um, but likewise, I've got lots of other episodes. I would skip seasons two and three if you need to kind of narrow it down. God's also had me on a journey where he had to fix my body image issues first before he could fix some of my disordered food, disordered eating issues. And so you'll hear that as you listen over the seasons. In season one, God hadn't been working on my my food issues as much as he has been working on them since season four or five. So you'll hear some of that too. And if that's part of your story, if you're like, okay, I'm ready to tackle body image, but I'm not ready to give up my specific food diet stuff. That's okay. It is a journey. Start where God wants you to start. And there's so much grace for this journey. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're along for the journey. I, I hope, um, I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. And again, we are so excited to be part of the team at Life Audio. I just want to take a second and thank them for partnering with this podcast. If you go to Life Audio, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in this network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, so much more. So go to lifeaudio.com and check it all out. Well, thanks again for listening today. Bye-bye.
Oh, hey there. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.